I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. unbeaten but no wins in five at the valley as we can come back for a point welcome to charlton live Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live. I hope you guys are well on your Sunday morning. My name is uh, Louis Mendez. On this week's show, we will be looking back at yesterday's 1-1 draw uh, with Wickham Wanderers at the Valley. Joining us to do that, well, first up, uh, our, uh, our fans' advisor, Mr. Lewis Cat. How are you doing, Louis? Morning, mate. How are you? You all good? Yeah, not too, not too bad. Me and Sue were chatting just before the show. We've got a big bone to pick about the time they're closing the bars <laughs> at the ground. Um, it's, be- it's become a talk. It's become a talking point to the extent that Dean Holden actually mentioned it in his interview yesterday, uh, because the last orders was called while we're still doing the interview. So yeah, you can see I'm I'm wound up about that. And uh, also joining us, uh, well, her debut on the YouTube stream. It's Sue Gallup. Hey, Dean C. I'm good. I'm good. It's really nice. It's, uh, this is all a bit weird that people can see me, and but it's it's lovely. Like I'm really. I was really looking forward to doing it a while ago, and then I had technical issues. So, no, it's nice, nice to finally be be on the new look, Charlton yeah. Live. 
Yeah, we're still waiting for Terry to sort his technical issues, actually. After that, a few weeks ago, we had about a 30-second stint on it, and then it cut off, and we ain't seen him since. But, yeah, uh, yeah, excellent. It's good to have you on. Um, so, on, on today's show, as I said, we're going to uh, look back at yesterday's game with Wickham. We're going to hear the goals uh, in a few moments' time. We've also got the uh, post-match reaction uh, from Dean Holden. Um, you know, I, I, I put it to him that it's five games without a win at the Valley. He said it's four games undefeated. So it's uh, it's two different ways of looking at things. It's that glass half empty, glass half full uh, way again. So we'll hear from uh, Dean later on. Of course, we're going to hear from you guys. You'll see your, your chats uh, are coming through uh, on YouTube already. Hello to everyone who has joined us live uh, on YouTube. Morning to All Hell, all hell Let Loose. Uh, and to Keith and to Matthew, who've uh, already put their comments in. Um, we're also going to hear from uh, Rob Maloney later on in the show. He's this week's uh, guest fan. And, uh, yeah, Rob's always got lots to say on, on the situation around the club, and you can't blame him. So I'm looking forward to bringing in Rob uh, in a few moments' time. But just before we hear the, the goals then, Sue, yesterday's game, one all draw with um, with Wickham. I, I, thought, I thought we're better than, than we have been, you know, against some of the better teams recently. We've struggled in games, but we were certainly more in this one. Um, and actually, I was a bit frustrated that we didn't kill it off at the start of the second half and and uh, gave Wickham a way back in with that, that free header. Yeah, it's, it, it was another one of them. Obviously, as everyone knows, I haven't been to as many games this season. Um, and But I did, if I'm honest, I was looking at it thinking, like, you look at the table and I was thinking, oh, God, this is going to be a bit of a, a wobbly one. Like, Wickham are pretty strong. Um, and, and like you say, especially with our home form recently... Um, but on the whole, I, don't, I didn't feel like Wickham had much control of the game. I, f- I felt like we were defending fairly well. Um, Ash didn't have too much to do. But, um, yeah, like you say, just an, another sloppy goal being conceded that could have been so easily prevented. Um, and I'll, you'll probably go into that in more detail about that goal and who was at fault or whatever. But... Um, it just felt really disappointing um, that we could have, we was we was in control for quite a lot of that game and then end up just coming out of it with a point. So um, yeah, it's 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 a difficult one to sort of pinpoint, and it? it's just those moments of almost like insanity that that we then concede a really avoidable goal. Like, it weren't a weldy. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just it's just really frustrating. And I, I don't know what Dean does to kind of correct that other than, I don't know, well, obviously, when, when we have the summer and the, the transfer window, I'm assuming there'll be quite a lot of changes. But, yeah, um, it, yeah it's, it's difficult to know how you prevent that other than just very straightforward, alert defending. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, any, anyone who saw the notes from the fans forum this week, Lewis, will will, will know that Dean uh, suggested that we need a, a transfer policy that that's uh, well, a, a no dickheads policy, basically, uh, which is which is one we can all get behind. But and you know, I'm not I'm not accusing anyone in the squad of being a dickhead in terms of character, but we've certainly defended like dickheads at times this season. Uh, and 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 that goal, unfortunately, was 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 one which was a shame because, like I say, it took the shine off what I thought was a. Overall, a, a decent enough performance. You know, obviously, we didn't take our chances at the start of the second half. And as much as the poor defending for the goal was 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 to blame for us not taking all three points, I think the fact that we didn't take our chances when they came at the start of the second half is also equally as culpable. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think, as Sue said, we, we looked quite comfortable and settled in the game. I thought the system we were playing worked quite well. 
Um, I thought Campbell and, and Ratsaki were getting quite a bit of joy down each side, which was dangerous. And, and Miles, I thought, had a fantastic game in holding the ball up, especially against two two big centre-halves in, in Farina and, and Tafazzoli. Um, they're both huge threats we saw in the away um, fixture earlier this season. They're just they're both mad mountains. So at his age to, to play solo up front against those two um, and do the job he did, I thought he did really well. Um, but as you say, it is, it is frustrating because, as Sue touched on, we, we did look comfortable uh, and I thought it was quite a good test off the back of the wins that we'd had against some teams near the bottom, um, which kind of corrected the theme we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, to then come up against a playoff contender, but, which is obviously where we feel we should be and where we want to be um, and to you know outperform them for, for larger periods. I thought I was quite impressed with how, with how we played yesterday. Um, but yeah, as you say, just a lack of, lack of concentration from a, from a set piece. Um, Farino, as I say, like a very, very big player, like tall, physical threat in the box. Um, and, and we just sort of left him. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think Dean will, will hear it in his presser, I suppose. But I think he was he was pretty frustrated that it's another another set piece that we've conceded. But I think on the whole, taking that disappointing defending out of it, I think we'd be quite, quite pleased with the result, especially looking at some of the results we've had this season to be, you know, I'd take a point really if, if we were a bit, I don't know if our season had gone a different way, you'd probably take a point on paper. But but overall, because of the way we played, um, we could obviously feel quite disappointed we didn't take all three. Mm, yeah, definitely. Right, let's have a listen uh, back to the goals then uh, from yesterday on Charlton TV. As always, the commentators were Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. In field, it's a lovely ball out here to Raksaki. He's got Morgan on the overlap. Morgan into the penalty area, drills it across. He's got a second chance, Morgan, and it's Lieberg finishes! On the edge of the, or inside the six-yard box, just off the post, on the far side of where Albie Morgan drilled it across. He had second, two bites and a cherry, Albie Morgan. And he drilled it across to the man in goal-scoring form, Miles Lieberg. Well, Morgan's going to claim that as an assist. I'm not quite so sure, but you've got to give credit to Charlton. First five minutes is Wickham who looks dangerous, but since then Charlton have been brilliant. Really nice play. It's a lovely switch from Cecily on out to Raksaki, down the line to Morgan. First cross gets blocked initially, and then he drills it across. And it comes into the path of Miles Lieber. Just has the space, has the time, and it's a tapping for him. But he's in the position, he's there to score the goal for Charlton. For Charlton defend. Ball into the edge of the six yard box. Farino with a head, and that's the goal. Unmarked, unchallenged, rather, I should say. In the penalty area, firm header, which Maynard Brooke could do nothing about on the back level. Yeah, that's worth saying, Tell. Yeah, Wickham haven't been brilliant, but that's all it takes is that little bit of that one chance has forced the corner. We knew there were going to be a threat from set pieces throughout this game. Farino, as you say, it's a free header in the end. Claire marking him, loses him, doesn't do enough with him. If you let, if you let him go, you've got to put enough pressure on him so it's, it's not a free header, but he just completely leaves him. Farino's got the run and jump on Innes, and he's going to win that. Well, Farino, who gave up the opportunity to play alongside Terrell Thomas for St Lucia to stay with Wickham. He's got his side back on level terms. 
Yeah, that was uh, ironic, wasn't it, that Terrell went off to play with St. Lucia and Farino could have and decided to stay and he scored a goal. And who knows, maybe maybe Terrell Thomas would have done a better job of marking him when, when that corner came over. Um, I, I don't want to start. Like, I, I let, Let's start on Miles, Sue, because what, what a story for him. Because um, we, we will come to the goal in a minute because that has wound me right up. But um, that... That young lad coming in to his maiden season, bear in mind he wasn't even the best striker in the academy last season. And now he's he's our best striker by a mile. And he's got double figures for the for the campaign, which is a remarkable, remarkable turnaround of goals for him. Um it, it's been it's been some story. You know, I, I bumped into Carl as we were coming out of the ground yesterday, and the smile the smile on that man's face was as wide as you can imagine because he must be so proud of his young man, of his of his uh, of his son. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think I've got to give extra credit to Miles as well because actually they're big shoes to fill. Like, literally, Carlo's Carlo's a cult hero, isn't he? And it it's like, can you imagine playing for the same team your dad did at the same sort of age? Um, and like you say, coming off the back of a, a season in the the academy where wasn't probably going to be the first choice to step up to the first team. But I guess that's where that's where you prove your yourself, isn't it? If you're given that opportunity, obviously he's then taken that 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 place is his own now. Like we've then got got rid of more senior strikers because he's come in and done the job that they weren't doing. So um I think it says a lot about about the the lad, and I said I think it tells us a lot about his family and and the fact that he's very grounded and he's not. I don't feel like he's one of them kids that's going to get carried away with it. I don't think Carl and Tracy would let that happen, but I think it's one of them. He's he's living his dream. He's playing for his dad's team, um, and his name is is being cheered in the same way that it did when his dad was playing. So I think. I don't think anyone's obviously happier than Carl is because, as as you say, like I saw Carlo yesterday as well, and he's just like, as a proud dad would be, but with the added thing that he was in that position when he was his age as well. So um, it's just an unreal story, really, isn't it? Maybe they'll Mm. make a film about it one day, a Netflix documentary, (laughs) but... I don't know if there's many. I know you've talked about it before, but I don't. I don't think there's probably many similar stories in football history, um, yeah. and especially as our, how where how well he is doing in his his first season in in the first team. It's just unreal, really unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, I mean it, it, the, the the season he's had has come against the odds, and, and to be fair, I, f- I feel like us taking the lead sort of came. Not quite against the run of play because we just started to turn it on, Lewis. I think Morgan had missed a big chance where I thought he absolutely should have done better. That cross from Tyrese Campbell, who had another good game yesterday, got to the byline, pulled it back. And I, I Morgan mishit it and into the ground and it went wide. And I was sitting there thinking he should be getting absolutely slated for that. But the crowd, I thought the crowd seemed a bit quiet about it because I thought that was a bad miss. But yeah, it, it had been quite a difficult start to the game, actually. And and, and uh, it, it took us 10, 15 minutes to get going in, until until we... Like I say, had those couple of moments and and, and broke the deadlock. It, it, I was worried in that opening opening ten minutes or so. Yeah, me too. I thought I thought they started quite strongly. Wickham um, looked a bit more comfortable. We just couldn't get a foot on the ball. Um, 
you know, it's when we look a, a little bit panicky and in, in trying to retain the ball at the back, especially, and you're thinking, oh, it's going to be one of those days. Um, but yeah, as soon as we as soon as we scored that opener through Miles, I then thought we looked quite likely to go on and get a second quite quickly. Um, we had, a, yeah, as I said earlier, we with Tyrese and and Jezrat Saki both massive threats down down either side, and we we looked like more, well, we looked more dangerous. We looked like we were the team that were gonna that were gonna maybe go and get that second as opposed to them getting back into the game. Um, and I thought we finished it quite strongly as well. And then the second half, I felt was a little bit more open, um, but. Yeah, I'd say we, we had a really good account for ourselves yesterday. I thought we played well. Um, I was quite surprised with the referee, if I'm being honest. I thought the ref was appalling yesterday. I couldn't quite believe we got five bookings out of that. Um, it was just I don't know yeah. why that's a surprise, to be fair, these days. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that, yeah. But, yeah, I thought we did look the more the more comfortable side for majorities yesterday, which was, was obviously really good to see. As, as I say, off the back of those victories against the lesser sides in the league, if you like, with, with no disrespect to them. But all in all, I think... It's a good day taking that equaliser out of it. It'd have been a really good day, and obviously with the season ticket thing yesterday, we've we've been able to bring a friend. We saw a few more people in the stadium as well. It felt a little bit more fuller yesterday. There was a great atmosphere in the in the fans bar before um, when I met Sue in there. It was yeah, it, it felt like a lot nicer of a day. You know, you feel like everyone's had a bit of a lift for for whatever reason. It felt like everyone was on quite a high. Maybe that contributed to to Albie not getting so much stick when he missed that that sitter in the first <laughs> half. I don't know, but um, yeah. yeah, obviously disappointing to to just come away with just the point. But um, yeah, all in all, it felt like quite a positive day yesterday, which uh, given circumstances is quite bizarre. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I mean, we can't forget where we are and, and where we are, are apparently going, which, which is absolutely nowhere, which is uh, which is why it's, it's weird that, you know, it, it is nice the fact that we're on, we're on a little run in terms of, you know, as Dean said, four unbeaten. You know, I did, I like I say, I did point out we haven't won at the Valley since mid-January, which is a shame because... As soon as we turn our away form on, the home form turns off, and and you know it's easy to forget at the start of the season. We seem to we went quite a while unbeaten at the Valley, um, but I think we've only won six home games all season, which is absolutely atrocious, really, when you think about it. And that's why we are in uh, in mid table. Um, right, let's uh, let, let's dive into it then. The goal, um, Sue. So I, w- I watched it back. Um, so Farino, the the geezer who scored it, all six foot three of him, yeah, he snuck in undetected like if only he was a giant man it might have been easier for us to see him and um yeah so Sean Clare was sort of floating around the penalty spot watched him come in watched him go past him looked at the ball a little bit and then didn't attack the ball or the man and the geezer had a free header into the corner Uh, Morgan a lot of people say that Morgan was on the post but actually if you watch it back he was sort of floating around six yards out trying to I don't know if he was marking someone and then decided to drop in and then dropped in too far. So it wasn't he was on the post and then went away from the post. He never really actually got to the right place in the first in, in the first instance. So, yeah, an absolute howler of a goal to concede. And, and you know, a, a gentle reminder uh, that, that sometimes, unfortunately, we do defend like dickheads. I'm actually going to get a T-shirt made with no dickheads <laughs> on it. Um, it. Yeah, I mean, I've got to admit, at first glance... I was blaming Albie because when I looked at it going in, Albie was there and I was like, why is he not like, and he looked like he was taking the blame for it as well. And a few people had kind of, a few of the lads had gone up to him and put their arm around him to sort of console him a bit. And it, it, it looked like, and I think it was only sort of after that we was like, well, actually what was Sean Clare doing? Like, how did they get into that position in the first place? And like you say, like, it's a bit like, <clears throat> 
Brian Innes trying to sneak in, isn't it? Like, you're not going to miss someone that big. Um, but again, it's like, um, you don't want to be overcritical. But for me, Sean Clare's a player that we need to be looking at defensively. It, he's not, he wouldn't be one of my first. Choices, nah. yes, Keith. <laughs> yeah, Keith. Keith uh, in the chat says it's Claire who lost his uh, his man for the goal, and yeah, it was it was so poor. I mean, for uh, all hell let loose, says Farino's run for the goal was quite simple, but was it enough to lose this defender? And it's absolutely not. Um, like I say, I got I got sent this video of the goal from like a wide angle, and I watched it. I watched him in slow motion walking in, and Claire sees him. It's not like he completely misses him, but then he just doesn't do anything about it. It's bizarre, and it's it's those moments like that. Um, lack of concentration that, that that's been part of him. I mean all hell let loose says will Claire be released. I mean is he one whose contract's up at the end of the season? I can't remember how long he signed on for if it was two years. I think he might be. Is he would you I mean if that is the case, Lewis, would you would you be looking to keep him on? He's he's another one on that long list of players where, you know, we would if we're being serious about promotion, which is obviously another conversation for next season anyway, because it all depends on ownership, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But if if in an ideal world we are is is he one that you keep? I, absolutely minimum, or sorry, maximum. He'd be like a bench player for me, but I'm not sure I'd even keep him for that. Too inconsistent. Yeah, it's yeah, it's an interesting one with Sean, isn't it? Because I I quite like him as a player because of his um, his sort of ability to to fit in different positions. I think since he's come in, he's never really been able to play in his preferred position. But then the time he did play it, he wasn't. That was probably his worst performances under us when when he first came in under Nigel when he played in midfield. He's had to play at right back. Um, I think he's done a fairly good job. I think, as you say, inconsistent is definitely the word. Some some games he'll he'll be outstanding and score from thirty yards, like he did earlier in the season. And then I thought yesterday was probably one of his weaker games for us, especially that second half when he he kicked about four passes out of play in the space of five minutes. Um, I like him because he's versatile. Um, I agree with you. If we're going to be serious about promotion next season, which obviously depends on a lot of factors, is he going to be a first choice right back for a for a promotion winning team, I don't know. Um, if Mandela had been fit for the majority of the season, would Sean Clare have been picked at right back over Egbo? I'm not so sure either. I mean, the moment that, that Egbo was fit, Sean Clare wasn't getting in the side. Granted, that was under Garner, who obviously brought Egbo in as his own man. Um, but if we're looking at right backs that get forward and, and can contribute creatively then I would be more inclined to start Mandela if he was fit um I think I think Sean's a he's a, a decent player I like his I like his personality I like what he's about he's a trier um he was runner-up at player of the year last year um I don't think it's through lack of effort through through him when he plays badly I think it is just that he plays in so many different positions that maybe he can't find a focus for me I, I keep him as a squad player because of mm. how versatile he is but but for me, it obviously depends on so many factors. If we're going to get a takeover and investment and we can go and sign someone that's more settled in that position or we get Mandela fit for the season, he's the per- the person. Then for me, that would be the option. But if we're in the position we're in now, then I think Sean Clare is too valuable of a player to, to let go purely down to the versatility and him being able to fit in, in different positions when we've got a small squad that, that is obviously prone to injury. Yeah, right. Tom Sperling said in the, in the chat that Sean Clare isn't a right back. Uh, he's been a decent squad player. He's filled that that role fairly well. Egbo has been a massive loss. The, the problem with Sean Clare not being a right back is uh, he's never consistently played anywhere else. As far as you know, like not in midfield for us, he's never he's never played more than a handful of games in midfield. And 
you know, I think that's five managers or however many managers it is have looked at him and said, no, nah, he's not He's not a midfielder for me as well. So if he's not a right back, then we, we've had quite a few managers who say he's not a midfielder uh, either. I mean, someone who is a midfielder, Albie Morgan, Bob by the water says, when you're asking for man of the match, I'm going to go for, for Albie. He's so underrated. Um, he, he obviously involved in the goal yesterday. Oh, there was a point yesterday where I was sat there going like, we're now about three or four years into Albie Morgan's career with Charlton and still people can't decide if he's good or bad. <laughs> like, um, What did you make of him yesterday, Sue? I, I thought on the whole, um, he was he was, he was was decent. I, I think, yeah, some of his decision-making is still a bit questionable. But what is he now? What, 20, 21? I think, he, I think he's only about 22. It's incredible, yeah. really. But... But it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because he's he's a bit marmite. He's definitely there. Doesn't seem to be anyone that kind of goes, yeah, he's all right. He's either they love him or they can't stand him. Um, yeah, he's just turned twenty three. Oh wow! Okay, so a bit now. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I I don't know. It's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because like you say, there was a couple of times, and I think what I like about him is his honesty. Like he does put in 100% effort, he fights for that that shirt and that ball. So I always would want players like that in my team. Um, you can you can kind of like swallow odd mistakes um, if they're giving their all. Um, mm. And I think that Dalby's definitely one that, that you get that with. Um, and I think, I don't know, it's, it's a difficult... One because I, I feel like now George, like with George being captain, I feel like Albie seems to have come grown a bit in his confidence. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a difficult one. I would, it, I mean, man in a match yesterday, I couldn't really say who I would have given it to, but I think Albie would be up there definitely for the for the effort and the 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 sort of mm. attempt. But he was really unlucky with that that attempt yeah. on goal. Um, and obviously, yeah, we're saying that he's claiming an assist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's an assist, yeah. It got, got there at the second bite of the cherry, I guess, which is which is part of it. And you know, the, 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 with Albie, you know what you get. You get you get moments where you think, oh, that was really good, but then you get other ones where you like, you know, could he have done better tracking back there? You know, as you try the Hollywood pass that hasn't come off. You know, but if you don't try them, then you're not you're never going to be that incisive. Yeah, loads, loads of different things. I mean, uh, again, Tom said I thought Albie uh, played with a bit of spite yesterday. I like that from him. I'm still not sure what Fraser brings though. Uh, we need some big changes in the midfield. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Fraser, Fraser is he's goes uh, not hiding. But he goes very quiet in games at the times, and you know we we get excited when he has these little couple of assists and goals uh, around New Year's, and and then he goes quiet again. It's been a bit. Uh, frustrating. Um, uh, George was saying that he'd keep Claire as a backup for midfield. He's a decent squad player to have around, but he shouldn't start. Uh, before adding that Albie is an inconsistent player, which is our main problem uh, throughout the team. And Jay said that Albie is League One. He won't uh, make the jump to the Championship, but I, I don't think that's a, a concern of us at the moment, really. So, because uh, we, we ain't going to be doing it either. Um, Hector again yesterday, Lewis. I, I'd say one, one of uh, one of my uh, colleagues uh, was there from Radio London. Is currently on. Uh, it's a comment with Five Live and he was down there yesterday and I, I said to him before the game, I said, I want you to keep an eye on Hector because as I said on last week's uh, Sunday show, like I, I'm starting to like him, which is uncomfortable uncomfortable for me because I don't like defenders. Um, so I, I wanted someone else to keep eyes on him and we've, we both thought he looked quite good again yesterday. What did you what did you think, Lou? Yeah, I've, I've been impressed with him. Um, 
over the last couple of weeks, especially because I thought when he first came in, he very much looked like a player who hadn't played football for a while. Um, you know, he, he looked a bit all at sea, especially at Derby. He, he'd had a bit of a bad game up at Derby. Um, and he just looked a little bit, I don't know, just out of sorts. The last couple of weeks, he's he's really turned that around. Um, and he's been a been a real leader. And, and at different points as well, like even at the, at the Peterborough game where he maybe didn't have as much of a good game then. I think he was still sort of turning the form round, but just his mentality on the pitch during that whole Raksaki, um, you know, left hook thing. That's the sort of player you need within a, within a dressing room. Like he's, he's played at multiple levels. Um, he's always performed. He's won promotion a few times. He's got a great CV really, you know, and to, and to sit around, especially with some of those younger players, he's probably been a real asset. Um, and for me, I'm, I'm the same as you. I, when he first came in, I was thinking, oh, I'm not too sure. But I've really grown to like him as well. I think he's he's shored things up a little bit at the back. Um, he looks comfortable. He played an unbelievable, talking of Hollywood passes, he played like an unbelievable Hollywood pass in the, in the first half. And I wonder where that had been. But um, yeah, I'm liking him a lot. And obviously, he's another one that's on that shirt, uh, the short-term contract. And we don't know where he's going to be um, come the end of the season. Obviously, we don't know what his what his stance is going to be. Is, is he here because he wants to to come in and find somewhere to settle or is he trying to kickstart his career and will there be some some potential eyes on him from from other clubs you know I'd, I'd like to see I'd like to see him here next season really for me I think he's he's been quite a quite a good addition but um yeah as you say I thought again yesterday he he looked quite comfortable and even when we made a few defensive howlers he just looked a little bit more comfortable and and put his arms around players a bit more organized works well I think he makes Ash a little bit better as well um, and probably makes Ash feel a bit more confident with the ball at his feet too. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad Hector's doing really well now, and let's let's see what happens to him at the end of the season because I, I think he he'd be one I'd want to keep for for next season for sure. Yeah, we, we speak about Ashley Man I'll in a bit actually because George uh, made a comment about him yesterday. Um, it's good job Ben's not here when you said that Ashley had the ball at his feet because that is what that is Ben's uh, one one bugbear. He, he doesn't rate Ashley Maynard's Brewers kicking, but uh, we'll we'll talk about that after we hear from Dean Holden. I think. Uh, and, and once we bring Robin as well. So let's hear from the, the Addicts boss. Uh, I spoke to him after yesterday's uh, draw with Wickham uh, and asked him for his thoughts on the performance. Disappointed, though, because I thought we were a better team. Um, I think the first period of the game, five, six minutes, I think was a little bit scruffy and scrappy. We expected them to be direct and you know, we had to sort of get to grips with that second ball game. After that, I think 10 minutes onwards, I think we, were, we got into our flow, into our rhythm. We passed the ball really well with purpose. You know, we got around their shape and worked opportunities and... I think the goal's a good uh, example of that. I think we've worked it one side. We've managed to get a, a 2v1 with a switch of play and Albie smashes it across goal and Miles is exactly where you want him to be. You know, that's, that, that's not just luck. He's in the right place where he needs to be and I think double figures now for Miles is, is excellent from a personal perspective. Obviously now he needs to reset his, his objectives for the rest of the season. But, you know, after that we've created chances. I mean, they've had a couple of chances as well. We have to accept that. But, I said, I'm disappointed we didn't go in at 2-0. Just didn't quite have enough to do that, and then there's nothing in the game at the point when they score. You know, to concede from another set piece is really, you know, it's, we have to improve. We've conceded too many goals this season from set pieces. It's a, it's a fact, and we need to improve it. Yeah, why do you think that that's been the case so far this season? Well, you'd have to. That's the fact. Every single goal we've conceded, there's different bits of detail in there. You know, we've looked, we've changed the, the structure around. Um, he, he gets above, uh, he gets above his marker for a, for a free header. And sticks it in the back of the net. It's, on that one occasion, it's, the defending's not good enough. You mentioned Miles into into double figures, and it's a remarkable return for a player of his age and his maiden senior season. 
Yeah, I think so. I think he's uh, I think he's growing every week. I think you can see the stick that he's getting from certain centre backs. To, again today, he's had to, he's had to, he's had to deal with that. Um, his temperament's good. He's, I think he's still got work to do with that. He sometimes has a bit of retaliation in him, but he's a winner. And um, it's difficult when you're getting the stick that he gets. But in terms of his goal return, I think that's excellent for a, such a young player, considering he's missed bits of the season. You know, he's not had a full season to get his full rhythm. So. He has to reset his, his objectives, as we said to Jez after last week. Yeah, and I guess you'll look at that start of the second half as the period where Charlton really should have killed the game off today. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, as I said before, we we just didn't quite have enough with the chances that we created. We did create some good chances. We've had, I think we've had more attempts on goal than them today. And uh, yeah, the goal comes out of nothing. Their goal comes out of nothing. And even after that, we responded well. I thought we had some chances towards the end. And you can see by the reaction of our supporters towards the end, you know, the way they, they clap the players off the pitch. I think the, the supporters knew that we played well today, but ultimately you've got to try and take the points Yeah, You mentioned I mean, there was a bit of needle in the game wasn't there towards the end lots of yellow cards was there a potential red card missed there by the, the referee for the challenge on Miles was it? Um, I, I didn't see it clear enough to be honest I'm certainly not going to get involved in that with referees I think he's had a, as I say he's took some stick today but that's, that's brilliant for his for his experience he'll, he'll learn to uh, he'll learn to live with that I think we yeah, we I think we picked up quite a number of yellow cards compared to them but that's obviously the referee's referee's objective I've got no complaints at all yeah, uh, five without a win here at the Valley. It's just to see that the away forms just turned on the the, uh, the home forms just sort of drifted away a bit. But I guess you you look at today's performance and suggest that that's sort of heading in the right direction again. Yeah, I think we're four unbeaten now, aren't we? After that sort of slippy patch that we went through against the teams higher up the division, I think coming into this period there was a lot of questions asked about that we not picked up enough points against teams sort of below us. We, we rectified that going into this one. And Wickham are a team on the cusp of the playoffs, and you know they're bringing off a forward and bringing a centre back on towards the end, going about five because they want to want to come in and try and take a point. I think that tells you everything you need to know about the game. I think the performance levels were good. Of course, we're always looking to improve. Of course, we're disappointed with the way we've conceded the goal. But ultimately, you can only really control control your performance, and uh, it's probably the, one of the better performances we've had at home, certainly in recent times. And we need to we need to make that the same next week against Shrewsbury. What have you made of Michael Hector since he's come into the club? Um, you know, I think his, his full debut against Derby, I think he put his hands up to apologise for being involved in a couple of the goals. But I think he's, he feels like he's improved and improved uh, since, he's, since he's gone on. Yeah, I think that's really fair, Louis. I think he's, he's obviously that's coincided with his fitness levels. He'd not really played coming before he came in. So uh, he's a top player, there's no doubt about that. You can see that. I think he was just struggling a bit towards the end with a little bit of cramp. And we were looking to maybe bring Zach Mitchell on. And there's a couple of times the ball's gone just down the side of him. He's, he stuck his left leg out, not quite. I think it was a bit tentative at that point. But. Um, no, overall, I think he's, he's he's grown in terms of his confidence levels have grown, and he's, he's forged a good partnership with Michael and with obviously Lucas coming out with injury. So, you know, I've been pleased with him. I think he's been, been pleased considering he's not played much game game time. Yeah, I know you spoke at the fans forum about sort of the the rebuild that's going to be in the summer. Do you think Michael is one who who could be a potential to to try and get a longer deal here? I think with all the players out of contract, we have to obviously make a decision on them. I think Michael's proved himself to be a really good defender, certainly at this level. He he, he provides. That level of composure next to Ryan Dunny at the back, and um, yeah, I think we'll be there'll be players we'll be speaking to over the next period of a few weeks. Does he pass the the, the test that you, you said you're going to sort of yeah, apply yeah. for for the characters of the side going forward? That I, I won't say it myself. Yeah, I, I can't say it on radio, can I? <laughs> um, yeah, of course. Yeah, and I knew that prior to bringing him in, and that was the case obviously in January. We, he's got a little bit of exposure. What I said at the forum, but I, th- I think it's true. I think you, you can get you can certainly get some short term results with. Maybe some characters who are not great, but they're certainly good footballers. But I think over the period of a successful season, to build a squad that's capable of challenging for promotion, you need a, you need a group of people who are going to be together and give everything every day. 
that's ultimately what I was talking about. Michael certainly fits the bill, yeah. yeah how much work has gone in already in, in terms of next year? I guess there is the uncertainty about whether it's Thomas or, or Mark Spiegel that you need to work with, but how much, how much can you lay the groundwork at this time? We're preparing, as I said before, like when the players are in the building, all the focus is on the players, and then when they leave the building, all the focus is on different things. But obviously, preparing for the next game, preparing team meetings, but yeah, there's a big chunk of it that goes into into recruitment for next season. So yeah, we're already we're already putting a lot of hours into that. Tactical was quite good on the ball today in terms of his distribution, not just defensively. Um, going forward, do you want to bring in more sort of ball playing centre backs in the summer? We've got to keep more clean sheets than we've done this season but we also want to play with a style that gets the attacking players on the ball so yeah I think of course you always want players that can take the ball and, and move the ball but you, you need relationships on, on the pitch don't you you need you need defenders that can defend but still have a yeah a decent enough level of composure to be able to play from the back of course and yeah Michael fits the bill as you say he's, I, think he's, I think he's done well overall did, did you not feel the need to make any substitutions today? well obviously not because I didn't you know <laughs> I mean, I'm looking. Well, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the team, and I'm thinking, you know, Miles looks fine. And I spoke to him physically; he looked fine. I thought it was always a threat for him. You know, we could have maybe change up in midfield, but you know, I, I felt I felt we had people on the pitch, players on the pitch. Maybe looking at at one point, Albie Morgan went to a yellow card when we were one 0 up. We may be looking to change that one just because with 10, 15 minutes to go, we'd had I think four yellow cards, and Albie in that midfield obviously didn't want to get out of ten men through one missed time tackle. But obviously, they then score. And then we keep him on the pitch because we think, well, he's you know he's an attacking type midfielder who can maybe get us back into it. So, okay. Just, uh, in terms of uh, Miles, with, um, you said that resetting his targets was ten was ten the initial target. Do you think for him this season then, or, or not? Or? No, I just mean resetting from now, Rich. I just mean right. he's now he's, he's now banked that. I think he can be pleased with it. As I say, the, his first season at this men's senior football, the age that he's at, the, the amount of time he's missed, I think it's a really a really good number of goals for him, but. No, I'm just resetting his objectives for you know to make sure that he keeps pushing, doesn't sit on his laurels, which he won't do anyway. Of course, he's not going to. But uh, to improve as a young player, he has to look to get at least a couple more, doesn't he? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across, Bowers there, pierces there, Bowers with a header, and it's Jones! Yes! 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 Oh, it's Goss! Oh, Patrick Barr! You absolute German beauty! Woo! Dream lads! Jordan has scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Gets in! Come on! What a time to be a hero! Here on Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! 
Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. We just heard there from the Addicts boss, uh, Dean Holden. It was funny uh, <laughs> when Aki asked him about the the, the no subs, and, and uh, yeah, we, we haven't even mentioned it. We didn't we didn't, we didn't uh, make make any. Uh, yesterday, which is an interesting way of, of doing things. I mean, McSquared on email says, I think the, sh- the result shows where we are. We, we don't have enough quality at the moment to kill the teams off. Uh, losing Corey hasn't helped, um, but, you know, we can't be too disappointed compared to how things were. Generally speaking, there's a decent performance. Miles and Campbell both impressed. Uh, we had chances to increase the lead and squandered them once again. What happens afterwards was inevitable, though, with our defensive frailties. We have too many players that just aren't good enough, unfortunately. Uh, you also had he thinks uh, Albie's a decent squad player, nothing more, nothing less. But the fact we didn't make any changes yesterday does suggest that Dean looked at his bench and thought, is there enough there to to change the game? And obviously decided there, there wasn't, which is, uh, you know, probably sums up where we are roughly. Right, let's uh, bring in our guest fan, shall we? Um, Rob Maloney joins us on the show and here he is on the screen. How are you doing, Rob? Thanks for joining us. Good morning, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Very yeah, well. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to, to have you. I always enjoy our, our guest fan feature to get other people's views on the game and how things are going at this moment in time. Obviously, we've had loads of comments today as well. We, we'll have more questions that we want to come to in the comments. But I always like to just introduce the, the guest with, you know, just a, a, a bit of 30 seconds just to let us know how you felt about yesterday's game, first of all. So um, what did you make of the performance and your frustrations at full time that we couldn't see it out? Yeah, well, I think overall, we've certainly seen us play worse than that this season. And there's been a few games maybe we've played better. But I think on the positive side, I thought we moved the ball a lot quicker. Um, and I think we used the wings well. And, uh, you know, old two, Pat Campbell, he was he was one of his best games, I think. You know, Campbell was very effective. Um, Lieburn, I thought, played well throughout, uh, holding the ball up. Um, so I think... It was disappointing though, isn't it? It's always going to be disappointing when you're in the lead for that long and you let a goal in with 10 minutes to go. I had a very good view from the north upper of the corner and because that guy's so massive, it's diff- I couldn't even miss him from up there. And um, I was watching him with Claire and uh, again, with, I don't want to slag individual players off, but everyone can make mistakes. But he was like playing stuck in the mud. He, he didn't move, did he? He, he, he? From the view I had, he just didn't move and pick him up. So it's disappointing. But that's Charlton this season and last season, isn't it? We're always liable to let a goal in. And yesterday, it even fooled me. It even fooled me. I was sitting there thinking, do you know what? Maybe we've we've managed this through and we're going to hold on. But yeah, we, we always look liable to, to to let a goal in. In fact, we almost let one in in the first minute, didn't we, from that header? So yeah, disappointing. But I think we moved the ball well. We got a lot more crosses in than we've been getting in recently and a lot more quality crosses in. Personally, though, I think we miss another striker, don't we? We never, we never brought in another striker to replace Washington. I think at times we had um, Lieburn holding the ball up in midfield, you know, and he was looking for that runner for him to link up with. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I'll just echo the points that m- most of you guys said. Yeah, um, excellent. So, I mean, another reason why I wanted you to come on, um, Rob, is because we, we were talking... Uh, on, on Twitter, on it must have been Friday night, where um, you know that uh, the, the, the no dickheads comment that tickled me, so I put that out on Twitter, and and then you quite rightly sort of came back to speak a little bit more about the, the policy as a whole. Uh, uh, what what is the transfer policy going to be this season? Yeah. And obviously, a lot of it comes down to the ownership situation as well. Um, how how are you feeling about how things are? At the, I, I don't know if you're related to Raylan Maloney, but um, you know, I'm sure you can speak quite freely about how. <laughs> How the club's been run over the last the, the last couple of years, and and how you feel about 
the potential takeover that, that, that could be happening as well. We know very little about this Mark Spiegel character, sure. but yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, again, and I said it last week, I, I personally find it hard to be that, that excited about what's going to happen going forward. Well, I'll address that first question. I've had a little bit less work than the other Maloney, so um, maybe, maybe I could do with a little bit more. But um, and you're allowed in the um, country as I well. Think, look, I, I, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? It's, um, Mad has mentioned it the other week about the fact with the, and you've mentioned it loads of times, guys. The fact that the the, the ground and the training ground are separate from the club. We're always going to be there for. Uh, these kind of characters to come along and no one knows too much about this guy. How much money is he going to put in? Is he actually got any more wealth than Sangard's got? So look, I think until we actually see somebody coming and we see, until we see a takeover actually rubber stamped and someone demonstrating they're going to put money into the squad and also that they see it's a multi-year process, it's going to be difficult to, to, to actually feel that we're getting anywhere and that we're progressing and to have a higher degree of confidence um personally about the current situation so i think we my view on it is that we we need to look at where we are at the moment <clears throat> and you know obviously sangard's um management of the club's been a bit weird hasn't it to begin with he made all the right noises he put some money in we brought in some decent players some of them came good some of them didn't and then he's kind of got to this break even situation and back to to your point louis around um my tweet i guess is you know, Dean, Dean Holden's a manager that's very easy to like. And, you know, he talks the same kind of language as the fans and he's an honest guy. And I like him. I think he's, he's great. But when we talk about recruitment, we kind of need to also look at why did we bring in... OK, January window is, not, is always difficult. It's notoriously difficult. But let's look at the four or five players that we just brought in. And frankly, we know that a couple of those just shouldn't be anywhere near our squad. So um, it really depends on what the resources are. I'm sure Dean is saying, you know, we're looking for players to come in who are going to make us top six. But, you know, a couple of those players, clearly it's difficult because who's available in January, right? But they weren't bought in on the basis that they're going to potentially improve us, were they? They were bought in probably because they were unattached and available. Um, I think overall, you know, obviously I've been quite vocal as a number of other fans are. My, my view on the Sangard ownership of the club is it's almost like he brought people in to help him run the club, you know, like Roddy. It didn't work. And the analogy I've used to my friends is, is a bit like you've got someone to come and build you a house or an extension to your house. And then when it doesn't work, you think, um, I was going to swear then, but I won't because you told me not to. But um, <laughs> it's almost like you think to yourself, OK, screw that. Me and, that, me and my family can do better. And I think it's not abnormal in a, um, in a business to put one of your relatives on the board. So I can understand someone like Martin Sangard being on the board, but what is, what is Sangard, what's Martin Sangard doing in a technical position? And frankly, we look at the charter from the trust, et cetera. Uh, maybe I've, I've not read it properly, but I think that one of those points should be, we shouldn't be having people in technical positions on the board of the football club who haven't got the relevant experience. You know, that's, that's my when view. I'm it's, Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. When 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 um when I had uh well I was on the train with you, wasn't I, a couple of weeks ago coming back from it was it's Plymouth, wasn't it? It wasn't Exeter, it was Plymouth. 
And yeah. we, we were chatting about, because I think we just had uh, the, the, the trust of being on, and, and you was, and I, I think I'll put a question to the trust when, when they were on. I think it must have been Lauren when she was on, a, something you'd said on the train about. Um, uh, I don't know, are, are you one of those fans who feels like that, that there's more action that fans could be doing against the current ownership in terms of make, making their their feelings more vocal? Is, is that is, Are you one of those who, who, who feels sort of more along those lines than, than perhaps others, others do? <clears throat> I do, but I think that there's more than one one way to do this, right? So I think that when there's a, a number of people out there, a number of fans out there, obviously all fans are equal. We've all got an equal view. You know, it doesn't mean that anyone's right or wrong, but I don't think the options are a full-blown massive protest. You've got you've got to go and et cetera, or nothing. I think that it, I think we almost have to work on the basis that Sangard isn't going anywhere because we don't know if the EFL will approve it. We don't know if it will fall through like the last one. I think that we should be using the power of our money with regard to buying stuff, merchandise, going to the um, to crossbars, season ticket renewals to say, look, we don't expect, we can understand your son being on the board, but we don't expect people to be in technical positions when they've got no relevant experience. He wouldn't get, he wouldn't get that job like trying to identify players to come on board to the club. He wouldn't get that job anywhere else. He wouldn't even get an interview. So I think that's one issue. <clears throat> I think the other issue, the big, big issue for me, is having support Cholton for 36 years now, is even when we didn't have a ground, we always, um, we always use some of the proceeds that we got from, um, from transfers to reinvest back into the squad. Now, there'll be a lot of people out there that say there's many teams in League One that haven't spent money. I would suggest that those teams probably aren't hovering around 13th, 14th, 15th position. And it's, and, and it's not saying that we have to spend that money, but clearly if we want to get in a striker with a bit of pace, someone who can run in behind like a you know, Washington, who we never really replaced, I'm not sure how we're going to get that without reinvesting some of that money even if it's even if it's 10 or 20 percent so for me working on the basis that the takeover might not happen because we have no control over it you know i'd like to see if martin sangard stays in the club he he has to be as an oversight board member not someone in a technical position and if we're going to get some proceeds in we need to reinvest it if we don't reinvest it fans are not going to believe that we're going to come in the top six season ticket sales are going to go down losses are going to increase and it just becomes a vicious circle you know, yeah. the, the other okay. point I would make is I think that, look, the, 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 the only good, the good things I see this season is that we've got so many good youngsters coming through, whether it's Maynard Brewer, Nest, Lee Burns played fantastic. Um, but I, the, the, point I, the other point I'm going to make around the squad is going to be around, you know, a conversation I had with Keith Peacock a while back <clears throat> where he said when him and Curbs were together, they always looked for players who were pretty much a guaranteed seven out of ten every match. We've got too many players in this squad. We all know this who play a good game, then an okay game, then a bad game. This is League One. It's not the Champions League. So we just need to have more players who are going to consistently perform. In, you know, that's my view. That's, you know, obviously Keith was kind of suggesting that. Um, and I think that, you know, when we look at some of the players like you've mentioned today, like maybe Claire Morgan, you know, I don't see them as consistent seven out of 10 performers this season um, is, is, is my view. And I think that, so how do, if we're going to, if we're going to change the squad and we're going to bring those players in, are we, are we going to have enough money for wages to be competitive or to spend a little bit of money to bring in the key players like another striker? I think that's the unknown question. 
Mm, yeah, and I absolutely agree about I mean, you talking about fans' confidence in what we're doing on the on the pitch and off the pitch, and how that will sort of re- relate and to season ticket sales and stuff. I mean, it, it's all about sort of the messaging a little bit. And, and you're right that having someone like Martin Sangard in, in such a prominent role, the messaging's awful. You know, I mean, all, all hell let loose says Martin knows more about modern football than the English. Now, who was it who said that? Well, that was Thomas Sangard, and that's the sort of messaging that's got us to the mess that we're in, along with obviously what they've what they've done on the field as, uh, of play. Right, hello to Jonathan West from from the Charlton Upbeats, who's uh, uh, joining us uh, this uh, this morning. I hope you're enjoying the show, mate. Uh, Freeman said that I nearly fooled myself into thinking we might uh, win yesterday as well. Um, I mean, Lewis, I'll, I'll bring you into it as well. So, Rob, I'll keep, I'll keep you as part of the, the sort of the general chat now. But, I mean, you were at this fans forum yourself on um, on whenever it was Thursday, I think it was. And there, there was uh, obviously this statement from Mark Spiegel, which is the first we've heard from him. Just And he was just, uh, and, and Richard Cordy was very proud of the fact that he used the word rubbish in because because Spiegel's something to do with recycling or something, but he rubbished these, uh, these, these rumours that, that his backer had walked away. Um, can you tell us more about what was said in that meeting? And, and is there any actual meat on the bones of who this Mark Spiegel might be? I mean, all hell let loose reckons that Bloomberg billionaires said he's worth however much money, but I, I've, I, you don't know what this bloke is, what he's about, who's with him. I can't imagine he's worth, like, I'd be shocked if he's worth that sort of money, but who knows? <laughs> Um, what, what can you tell us that was said at this thing and that could give us any hope? Because like I say, as far as I'm concerned at the moment, he's a nobody and I I, I don't know what he's going to bring to the table and, and until proven otherwise. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, it's the it's the same for anyone, isn't it? And, and for me included, that the, the sense of un- uncertainty with anybody, I think, that's interested at the moment. And, and that's something I mentioned to Peter's story a while ago. Like, ultimately, supporters are, aren't really going to believe anything. Are they, you know, anything that said they're not going to believe it because of what we've been through? Um, and I think that I think that from what Peter's saying is that they he's very much made Mark Spiegel aware of the of the situation here. Um, and I think that he he respects that from from what I know. Um, he doesn't seem to be like a big personality wanting to be out, you know, out and loud in the press with silly statements about blowing the league apart and, and being in the Premier League in five years or with with everything we went through with, with the Charlie Meth and stuff, he, he seems a little bit more in, in the background, just letting things take the course. I think what the club is benefiting from at the moment is having a football person there running the day-to-day in Peter's story, because one thing I have noticed is that things just seem to be a little bit more organised. And what I found before is maybe that, that things were getting out to certain people that maybe shouldn't have. Like, even from my perspective as the fan advisor, I, I shouldn't be really hearing about takeovers and, and things like that because it's it's all confidential business it's it's all set within you know ndas and things like that and i think now that that peter's in it is becoming a little bit more locked in, in that sense um i was quite encouraged by by mark spiegel's statement because i'd seen the tweet before the fans forum about the um about the major investors pulling the plug or whatever and obviously that sets alarm bells ringing um especially when you you've got to chair the fans forum <laughs> to mentally prepare if that has happened um luckily obviously it didn't and he, and he went through the sort of the extra effort if you like to put a statement together that that was read out um to the to the fan representatives that were at the forum on Thursday um it's very much one of those things where i think we've got to watch this space i mean it's quite clear that that he has investors because i'm again not overly sure of his personal wealth as much as i've tried to google and and look him up and learn as much about him as possible um i just know that he that he has this 
this sustainability company in Rubicon. I don't know how much that's worth or if he's even the main man there. So look, I think the, the interest of him is a positive one because I imagine he's held some positive conversations with with Dean and with Peter because I don't know why Dean Holden would have committed to a three-year contract if he hadn't maybe been told what what he'd want to hear um, and that there was some substance to it. I know we've been in that position before um, with with things, you know, with owners and stuff. But ultimately, I think as fans, our, our sort of trust and, and confidence is taken a batter in time and time again. So it's very much one of those things where if and when it happens, we're just going to have to see see where the land lies. But I think from from reading into it, whatever that position it will be, I think it will be better than what we're in now because he seems keen to invest in, you know, in the squad and things like that. So I think if the conversations are happening in the background, it's a positive thing. But I'm the same as you, Lou, to be honest. I don't I don't really know a huge amount about him personally. But mm. from what I've heard from from Peter's story, it, it seems a lot more positive than um, than previously. But all we can do is keep our fingers crossed, I suppose. Yeah, I, I guess, Sue, so, th- this time around, you know, 50 times bitten, however many extra times shy now. But this time around, I think there'll be a lot a lot more sort of trepidation with the fans. I, I can't see the red carpet being rolled out for anyone this time around. I, I, I think, on, on, you know, if Mark Spiegel does get his act together and, and gets it sorted, and I mean, it does need to be sooner rather than later so he can plan for the summer, then he will absolutely have to prove himself before he before we're all clapping him in crossbars and, and singing we're, we've got loads of money and, and whatever we did a few years ago. Yes, um, I think that he's, it's, it, as I think one of Terry's famous comments is always it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? And it's like every time we've got a new owner, it's like, right, this is it now. Um, and I think even some of us can look back and go like for all of all of the issues that we had with Roland, he he allowed people to get on with what he kind of seemed to learn by mistakes and then allowed people to just get on with their jobs um so i think there's that when you're getting someone new come in i think as everyone knows i'm the rose tinted one but i think this time i'd be a little bit more reluctant to kind of go right yeah come on we're gonna be this is it now we're we're sorted i think now we're all in the position where realistically you need to put your money where your mouth is and show us why we need to trust you because we've been burnt so many times in recent years um and we need to feel that the person that owns us I don't doubt for one minute that Thomas cares about the club. Like, I don't think he's a bad person. I think he's just been misguided and maybe trusted the wrong people mm. um, in positions that they probably shouldn't be in. Um, but I think, yeah, going forward, and like Lewis, I've I've had a couple of conversations with Lewis about Peter because as soon as his name came up, I was like, oh, my God, no. Same as when Charlie's name came up, you you get that feeling of dread. Oh, we've got another dodgy one. Um, But I I feel reassured from the conversations I've had with Lewis about Peter that actually he's a football man. He knows how the game works. He knows how to run a business. um, And he knows about how important the fans are to a football club. And I think that's one of the Mm. main things that whoever comes in needs to take going forward listen to the fans, listen to the people that have got experience in the game 
um, and use them to make the club big again, like better again, um, because we all would put in whatever was needed to make us where like uh, that that club that we aspire to be again. Mm, yeah, I guess we can't. We obviously we can't I, discount I, I, what what's happened in Peter's in Peter's career in terms of taking clubs into administration and stuff. But Rob, were you, were you about to, to yeah, jump in there? I, I, yeah, I was going to say. I think as you both have said, or everyone said, really, ever, anyone who comes in is going to be judged on their actions, right? Because we're almost like we've gone through a few abusive relationships here, haven't we? With the with with owners recently, um, and. You know, maybe Thomas Ambergard did come in with the right intentions, but he also uh, has responsibility for running the club properly. And running the club properly does not involve, you know, getting his uh, his girlfriend or railing to to have oversight of commercial activities when she has no experience, and and his son to advise on what players he thinks we should bring in. You know, we can't, you know, we can't have sympathy for a family running large losses if their actions make those losses much bigger <clears throat> you know when it comes down to it mm. in today's society there's a lot more things to do with your time um and you have a lot more choice and we're a cost of living crisis and you know i think as fans you know i i'm, I'm a big supporter and i'm you know go to most games but i've had times in my life where I've, I've not gone right and i've not had a season ticket and people have that choice and there will be a hardcore of five six thousand who will get season tickets but there needs to be hope and there needs to be a bit of inspiration and frankly if we whatever takeover happens if we don't have professional people in the roles like proper ceo proper director of football proper scouting and bringing players in not just based on the fact that they're available and they won't cost a lot of money the fan base is going to continue to be disillusioned i think so yeah look watch this space but as i said before my view is we we can't really control the takeover we have no input in that so I think, frankly, as a fan base, that comes back to your question earlier, I think we should be thinking, if it doesn't go ahead, what do we demand from the current ownership? It's okay talking about what we expect from a new ownership, but we have no control whether it's going to go through or not. Mm. That's, a, that's a really good point. And also another good point uh, that Paul's just put in the chat, which is one I did I did want to make myself, is, you know, uh, Paul just says... Uh, Thomas has effectively enabled certain individuals at the club to cre- treat good and loyal staff appallingly. Enough said. I mean, obviously, we all know about Nathan, the groundsman. Um, you know, we know, we know about uh, other members of staff who've left in acrimonious circumstances for them. You know, uh, unfair circumstances in some cases. And the way he sort of treats people as well. I mean, even I don't know if you guys saw the, the comments from Ben Garner in the Times yesterday about the way he was sacked. It was just cold hearted, really. And we've seen that from football people. And we've seen that from non-football people as well. And, it, and it's a culture around the club, which, which you know, I've said it for months. You know, I speak to people inside the club quite a lot. And you, you worry about the culture at times. Hopefully, Peter Story is going to try and sort that out a little bit. Or having someone who, like I say, who's at least been in football before might change that. Although, as I said, his track record is, is hit and miss, to, to put it put it kindly. But, yeah, we'll see. Right, we've actually come to the end of the show, actually. Again, it, it always flies by, especially when we get the guest on. So, uh, I want to say a massive thank you, uh, Rob, for for joining us, and uh, yeah, I hope, I hope you enjoyed it. And, and thanks for uh, for coming on and having your say. Thanks for having me. Cheers, guys. Yeah, cheers, and uh, thank you to to Lewis and Sue. It's, uh, Sue, congratulations on your YouTube debut. Um, uh, you took to it like a duck to water. It's just the same as just talking. It's just everyone can see you, really. But yeah, well done. Yeah, nice. No, I've really enjoyed it. Actually, it's like I was a bit nervous about being on camera, 
um, especially as you hadn't allowed me my hour to get my hair and makeup done. But uh, <laughs> this is what I look like normally. <laughs> yeah, pretty. Yeah, cheers for coming on, see Lewis. Always, uh, as as always, good to see you, mate. Yeah, you too, mate. Thanks very much. Yes, right. Yeah. So thanks to everyone who's joined us on the on the live stream uh, and uh, or anyone who's watched on catch up or listened via the podcast. Don't forget uh, to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Charlton Live where our, our, our subscription numbers are ticking up, which is exactly what we need to see. Uh, so thanks for everyone who's joined us. Right, I'm Louis Menes. Thanks for listening. We shall be back on Thursday uh, where we'll look ahead to next week's game with Shrewsbury. We shall see you then.